Now let's talk to the senior sports writer there of Sports 24, Usbugam Chigali. So he's on the line. Usbugam, good evening and welcome to the show. Hello, uh, thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much uh, for joining us there. I mean, uh, you have been following the story from the beginning. Now take us through what actually raised your eyebrows when it broke. Uh, well, what didn't uh, raise my eyebrows uh, would be a shorter list. Mm. Um, it was the mere fact that a springbok of such renown and caliber was uh, caught with banned substances. That, for one, was a bit of a shocker. That it happened so close to the Rugby World Cup and the third player was um, still within a shout mm-hmm. of making the World Cup. <clears throat> that in itself was, you know... Um, you know, a bit of a shocking moment, and and he was an IRB Breakthrough Player of the Year, uh, reigning a holder of that award. And I think the first South African to win that award, if I'm not mistaken, or the first since Brian Habana, mm. if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, this has to be the highest profile dope case in South African rugby. I'll go I'll go so far as to say in in South African sport, um, certainly in the professional era. So it's very shocking. Um, wasn't necessarily surprising uh, that uh, Apure was uh, handed a any sort of ban. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was at all possible that he was going to avoid uh, time. It was just a matter of would he uh, be given time served, mm-hmm. uh, mitigated sentence, or you know, you know the the, the full. Uh, maximum for anabolic steroids, which is the four years, uh, which is exactly what happened. Yeah. And I mean, I've got a list of the timeline of what happened with the story. I mean, on the 24th of August last year, the news actually broke that Dengzi has tested positive for an undisclosed prohibited substance there on the 2nd of July after a Springbok training camp. Then on the 30th of August, the South African Institute for Drug Free Sport confirmed that Yankee's B-sample had tested positive for banned substances, three of them, that is. On the 2nd of September, Still, 2019, the Dale College All Boys Union releases a statement in support of Yankee following the positive test there. And, of course, Yankee is also a, a Dale's old boy. Now, on the 19th of September, Yankee announces that he will contest his doping charge after testing positive for the banned substances. Then, uh, two days later... In his uh, first uh, social media post since uh, August 2019, Yankee provided an update on his mental struggle since being suspended there. And then in January this year, his legal, uh, his legal team actually submitted a statement of defense on his behalf while also providing a few supplements that he claimed could have been the source of the substances that he was found positive of. And then in May and April, Jiangxi's trial was actually supposed to have been held over these months. But of course, the hearing was, uh, was actually delayed because of the COVID-19 pandemic. In August, exactly a year after the confirmation that he had tested positive for banned substances, Yankee opened up about his anxiety. He revealed how he suffered a panic attack on one of the first occasions he actually braved going out in public after testing positive. And of course, in September and November, his hearing with uh, the South African Institute of Drug Free Sports, they finally took place. It first uh, started on the 15th of September before being reconvened over three, the 3rd and the 4th of November 
when it concluded. Then on the 11th of December, on a Friday, the player was informed of his four-year suspension that has been imposed. And then on the 13th of December, the news of the outcome of Kianki's hearing and his uh, you know, subsequent suspension actually broke. The Institute of Dark Free Sport have since confirmed that a formal statement will be released on Monday the 14th of December, and that was yesterday. And yeah, that's what happened. That, that was the timeline of uh, the story when it comes to Ukyanki. And I mean, with his um, submission, uh, Wenasbu, what do you make of it about the water bottle at the gym? Well, I was surprised about the water bottle defense uh, because I would have imagined that in the time that it took, which is, I mean, 18 months until the sentence, <clears throat> was handed. Mm. Um, I, I was very surprised that the defense was, uh, you know, it, uh, essentially uh, you're pleading ignorance. You're pleading that you did, you, you know, you didn't know. You took something that was someone else's and you didn't know, which is not a defense according to anti-doping law mm. um, at all. It's, it's, it's. You can't say you didn't know. You, you, you can't claim. You know. Stuff got in accidentally. You, you can't not know if you were challenging, or you're trying to mitigate sentence. <clears throat> and I was very, very surprised at how tenuous that that defense was. I would have thought, you know, there would have been something more concrete. Like uh, when you test positive, mm-hmm. um, and you you need to prove that you did not intentionally. Uh, ingest the substances which have been found in your system uh, via urine tests, of course, your urine samples. You have to provide about as close to the very substance that you took, and that substance has to return from the lab with the identical banned substances that were found in your system. Mm. Now, that you took them is not uh, a, a question of debate. You're trying to you're trying to mitigate to say that you did not intentionally take them. Now, inter- to prove intent or not is a very very difficult task. Mm. Um, so, but it's happened before. I mean, I think it was Alberto Contador. He said he ate beef at a particular restaurant. Yeah, he had to actually go to that restaurant and and, and check get the beef there. Of beef and get that tested mm. um which is tough because you, it would have to be the same batch of meat from from where his steak was was made you know um there's another uh, uh, uh athlete american athlete i just forget the name who uh had also tested positive for a banned substance after kissing his girlfriend who had a, a fever and had taken fever meds and those meds had banned substances, mm. traces of banned substances. And he managed to prove that yes, this was the medication my girlfriend was taking and I was with her on this particular weekend. Yeah. Uh, and 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 he, he he actually didn't get any suspension at all. So I would have explained Expected a viewer to provide the the very batch from which um, it say say it was supplements and and I don't know if it was or it wasn't. Mm. This is just hypothetical. If it was supplements, you know the advice. Um, I'm not sure if you if if if, if you or any of the listeners um, follow uh, Dr. Ross Tucker, sports renowned uh, sports scientist, yeah, uh, and his podcast, and he always sends advice to athletes that. Always keep, you know, a smaller sample at the end of the batch of your sub- supplements. Mm. 
Mm. Tuck it away. Like once you finish your, I don't know, 750 mil or I don't know how, what are the containers, maybe a liter of your powder, leave a little behind, you know, Mm. uh, so that in the event something like this happens, you can send all those little batches to the lab and say that, well, this is what I've been taking. And, you know, uh, the manufacturers of these supplements, they don't, they they declare that there's no contamination, but contamination happens every single day. Mm-hmm. That's what I expected from a peer's defense. And I was, you know, a little surprised that this was not the case. Yeah. I mean, a water bottle. Now, is it the, the end of his career? Because, I mean, he's only 26. And by the time now he'll be allowed to return, if he's not successful in his appeal, he'll be 30. Uh, yeah, he, it's it's tough. I mean, he can return. Uh, for his position, it's going to be tough. He, he would have lost speed, uh, definitely. Um, he would have probably lost edge. Uh, but, I mean, look at Monde, Monde Hadeb, the, the hooker. Mm. Uh, Charles Hooker was, was banned four years. Um, came back. He's, he's part of the Greco squad now. Um and and you know I'm told that Mbando Kebe, the the scrum half, who after after being banned for four years as well, um, he was he played for FAA and Southern Kings, that that he might consider a return at the age of 31, 32. So, mm. I mean, it's not impossible. His his career is not is not over. His life is certainly not over. And I think, you know, you mentioned. Uh, the timeline of events and and the and the story about his his anxiety attack and 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 him having to face up to the fact that you know he's he's human at the end of the day you know i i, I had that interview with um with that period where he revealed that information for sport twenty four and he said there that he's he'd come to the realization that you know maybe he did get caught up in the idea of being a springbok that when that positive test came, it seemed like the end of the world because he had saw himself as, you know, just this guy who's a rugby player. And he had to come to the realization that, you know what, there's more to him than just being a Springbok rugby player. Yes, that is a huge part of what we knew him for. But, you know, he's also a marketing honors so- graduate and, 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 and many other things that he's capable of doing. So certainly not the end of the world for him. And I mean, uh, when you look at it now, what do you think the next step should be? You know, do you think that maybe do you see him appealing this and even uh, winning? Should he appeal? On the basis of 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 that defense, I I don't I don't I don't see the 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 need to to appeal the sentence. I don't I don't feel the the the, the mitigating factor is strong enough to appeal uh, the decision. Um, and obviously, there's going to be legal costs. I, I think he needs to financially consolidate mm-hmm. uh, because you know every sitting, every consultation is going to be at at his legal cost. Mm. So I think it's time he just needs to just uh, uh, take this one on the chin. And and you know, it's very unfortunate. Uh, we've all lost in in this instance. You know, it's not just up here and losing his career. Springboks have lost the breakthrough player of 2018 who played 13 straight tests under Rasi Rasmus, who scored about eight tries, who 
a sensational rugby player, you know. Um, and and you know it's robbed it's robbed us writers as well of of you know, you know four good years of what would have been glorious years with with, with Apiwek Yankee and and, and Smungosi and Magazola Mapimpi, you know, dovetailing in the wing. So we've all lost um, in this whole process. But I think he just needs to consolidate, take care of his mental well-being. Mm. Um, and and he's still young in 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 the true sense. He's still young. He's still only 26 years old. Um, and and you know, if I think back to what I was doing at 26 years old, <laughs> I certainly wouldn't call myself a springbok. Yeah. That much is for sure. And and you know what? I think he, he didn't necessarily leave, you know leave the sport in 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 such disgrace that he can never participate in anything off the field rugby related like i said he's got a marketing i think honors degree and then he can put he can put other skills to use you know once you're a springbok you you'll always be a springbok and 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 that can never be taken away from you regardless of how the events followed. Look at Johan Ackerman. He's, he's a springbok and he's gone on to coach yeah. some some glorious, very glorious teams later on in his life. Um, so it happens. Um, you know, take it on the chin and 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 plot your next move. We are chatting to Spoom Jigali, who is a Sports 24 senior writer. And of course, you're welcome to call in the number 089-110-2000. And yeah, we've got, uh, we've got Archie on the line there from Valcom. Where's a question for you, Spoom? Hello, Archie. Evening, Magaban. Good job, Two questions. Mm. First question, how professional and authentic are these tests? Second question, why are these tests always after a black color? I thank you. Thank you so much. That was short and sharp from Archie and welcome, Spoo. Ah, well, mm. <laughs> this is this is a question that always comes up, isn't it? Uh, especially the second one about color. Yeah. Um. You look. You you, <laughs> you can't pin it down to to race. This this unfortunately. Um. You know the 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 dope test process in South Africa is very credible. Um, it's it's improved over the years. Obviously, it's had its challenges. Not too long ago, Ludwig uh, Mamabolo, the Comrades Marathon winner, yeah. actually um, won his uh, dope uh, uh, case. They mm. where he was found to have taken methylhexanamine, and and he managed to prove that the entire process was flawed mm. towards towards testing him and he was also handed drinks at the finishing line that weren't necessarily sanctioned by, you know, the the tournament's organizers. They came from fans and whatnot and whatnot. So and he had he had television footage that actually showed that. So he he had some concrete evidence. Um and it's not necessarily true um that only black players uh, are getting you know uh, pinged for for doping um plenty uh, white players as well uh, plenty players of other different races as well it's just that you know we've had two really high profile uh cases in rugby mm. and and that's Chilibora Lepele yeah. and 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 it's unfortunate that they happen to be black. But mm. if you look at schoolboy level, if you look at a uh, 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 franchise union level, you know, club level, this, you know, on the SAIDS website, they have a history of, of 
every athlete that's ever been banned, whether for three months, a week, four years, eight years, uh, it's there on the SAIS website. So, it, and it's a, it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a pick. Uh, it's a lottery pick of, of, of all sorts of races. And, and I can't endorse the view that it's, it, this is a race-based, um, you know, uh, decision that was made and it's it's purely scientific and it's sport it's competitive sport and say they're doing their best to, to keep the game clean and, and fair for for everyone and i'm sure black white colored indian players will all want the game to be fair and and, and played in the right spirit mm. i don't remember the first question uh from the caller no, you asked about the credibility of the test and then why is ah, it to yes. black players. And then you've, you've touched on that. Earlier on, I was talking to the chief executive of SAIDS there, that is Khalid Khaland, and he told us about uh, that uh, when it comes to picking who to test, there are a number of variables that they actually use. Have you ever heard of the variables that they use? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm well aware. Um, there's, there's, there's random testing, mm. uh, which they are allowed constitutionally to... To randomly test any athlete, there's there's in-game uh, testing where you get tested at the tunnel, either at half-time or at full-time. Mm. You don't get notified, or at least you're not supposed to get notified of the random testing. There's out-of-competition testing uh, where SAIDs arrive at your registered um, address. Address, mm. Yeah, and and they're allowed to to test you randomly on that day. Uh, There's team testing where, you know, at camp, uh, training and and that sort. So pretty much SAIDs and along with the World Anti-Doping Association have carte blanche to test anybody they feel like who is a a professional sports earner at, at any given point. And then, of course, from there, you get certain levels of um, flagging, uh, if I can put it like that, because I'm a a layman at the end of the day, so Mm -hmm. they all have the technical term. But once you've been, you know, flagged as as an offender or as a a previous offender, you get on the repeater's offenders list. Mm -hmm. And you never get off that repeater offenders list. And and more likely than not, you're going to find yourself being tested more than other athletes. Now, the process is not fair mm-hmm. um, in in terms of true fairness um, because you find athletes like Serena Williams have been tested multiple times yes. over and over. Mm-hmm. Casper has been tested so many times. You know, you know, you find athletes that are supremely talented um, you find that these doping agencies do tend to target them unfairly, even though they've never come back positive for any illegal substance. Uh, I know Serena has complained many times about how how uh, how often, yeah. yeah her testing is. So, but it's not fair. Uh, but they they are constitutionally allowed to to test randomly, unfortunately. Yeah, and I mean, for the benefit of the listeners who might not know why is it that uh, some uh, you know athletes get tested outside of competitions, it's because over the years the athletes sometimes they they know that let's say if they take a if those who actually do dope if they take a certain substance as to how long will it stay in the body before they get back into the competition, yeah, and I they think- know when it, it it will actually wear out. So it's yeah. also to actually you know curb that. Yeah, yeah. Look, Lelo, let's not let's not you know lose sight of the fact that 
doping is prevalent mm. in, in all sports. Yeah. And and there's a need to root it out. Let us not be clouded by, you know, the events of 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 Apu's case about the need for for doping to be rooted out, mm. because doping is a very sophisticated and complicated system that is on the go, that is reinventing and innovating every single minute. That is a step ahead of the World Anti-Doping Association um, at every turn. New mm. drugs are invented. And masking agents as well. Mm. Masking agents, I, um, uh, uh, you know, all sorts of IPOs and, 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 the, and, and the licorice, all sorts, you know. So, mm. um, and, and one of them is, was linedrol, the, the one of the drugs found in a pure system. That, that for me was probably the, the biggest shocker because that drug like a super steroid was absolutely new to the market wow. uh, I'll put that in in quotation marks and I, I honestly couldn't believe I couldn't fathom um, how he would have managed to get such a sophisticated drug where there'd been three cases um, maybe two but three at the time of his um, suspension I knew of an Australian swimmer and uh, an American basketball player called Yannick Noah, mm. who had tested positive for LGD uh, for 4033. That's the lingadrol I'm, I'm referring to. Mm. So it's it's like a super steroid, has none of the side effects of traditional anabolic steroids, uh, gets out of your system in, in a shorter time, increases recovery, increases muscle mass, like boosts everything, gives you all the benefits of, of, of all the other steroids with outside effects and gets out the system sooner. So this was a new invention. This was like an upgrade, mm. uh, an AMG version of, of and I, I just I honestly I was you you would have had to really be invested in the doping system, which I don't think Apure was. Yeah. For you to get a hold of such a sophisticated drug mm. that 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 where worldwide there had only been two confirmed cases of of professional athletes that it was so new in in 2019 it was so new you battled to find five people mm. who tested positive for that drug. Mm, so let's let's go to the line quickly there. I see that there's a lollipop who is actually standing by to just ask a question as well from Springs. And Donald, I also see you there. Let's start with lollipop. Lollipop, good evening and welcome to the show. Good evening. How are you guys? I'm very good, thank you. Very, very good. Very well, thank you. Actually, mine is not a question, eh? Mm-hmm. Um, first, first and foremost, I just want to say um, I feel for this youngster. Mm-hmm for what he's going through, although he knew what he was getting himself into. But uh, I think um, this goes to him, actually, that uh, he can take from this long um, jumper, uh, manioka, I think. Yeah, yeah. Or he was in the same situation, yeah. If he can just, uh, I don't know, find somebody who, because now I can see a lot of people say he's got a marketing degree and stuff like that, he's still young and all that. Hmm. But someone needs also to say to him, it's not too late for you. You're still young. You can still work your way back uh, on this um, uh, uh, career, especially the, the the rugby or the sport, the talent that you have. Other than us, maybe focusing on him, maybe uh, focusing on his ability or academic uh, side of it. You know. So I think someone needs to sit down with him and say, "Look, man, you've done that. Accept that. Move on." And you're still young. 
and um, learned from uh, Mallorca, and uh, Mallorca, I think, um, who came back and become a world champion in Diamonds League and, and, and all that. That's all I wanted to say right now. Eh? Thank you so much, Lollipop. Let's now move over to Mpumalanga, where there's Donald. Donald, good evening. Yeah, good evening, how are you? Oh, very good, thank you. Very good. Well, I'm good. Mm. Uh, well, I would love to uh, just make a comment with regards to the Sampiri Janji case and stuff. Mm. Well, for me personally, I um, I feel sorry for the guy. I genuinely do feel sorry for him. I mean, what he's going through is really tough. I mean, he was a young player, still had a bright future ahead of him, and uh, so I believe that this setback is rather uh, it's very it's really uh, evil in my opinion. But like, I'm not saying whether he's guilty or not. Well, that is up to the courts here to do. I mean, yeah, to hand down yeah, the verdict. But for me, I find it rather, I find it rather convenient that it's black players that always get caught, uh, caught, uh, yeah, with regards to yeah, doping and stuff. So. <sighs> And another thing that I rather find convenient is that, I mean, there's doping in South African yeah, rugby uh, fraternity. It's, uh, it is a virus. I mean, yeah, rugby is plagued by doping. That is without uh, question. Or, uh, that is an open secret, rather. So, yeah, the, fa- yeah, the mere fact that yeah, the offenders, yeah, the offenders of, uh, of these, uh, 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 I mean, yeah, the offenders of doping, are diverse at the amateur level or rather at the franchise level but when you go to the springbok that is that has been under question for many years for literally uh yeah for literally seeking out to uh yeah for literally overlooking black talent and black excellence i find it rather and i'm not reading yeah, the race card here but you know what i'm saying is that I disagree with your guest that uh, yeah, black players are not specifically targeted. Mm. I believe that black players are specifically targeted because, number one, black players have always been embroiled in the transformation uh, thing that black, yeah, black talent is overlooked and black people are, are not given a fair chance. And number two, it is not completely out of reason that black players are targeted because Please, yeah, don't tell me that at the professional level, at the Springbok level, mm. only black people have a character. I mean, only black people are flawed in terms of uh, are flawed in terms of their character and uh, how yeah they manage yeah themselves. I mean, this is a virus across the board, mm. but conveniently, only black players get caught in in the act. Okay, no, I hear and you. Specifically. Then. Yeah, specifically. And another thing yeah, that is rather a suspect is that... Quickly, I mean, there. We're running a bit out of time there, Donald. Yeah, okay, fine. I'll just uh, yeah, repeat that quickly. The Springbok, I mean, at the Springbok, yeah, professional levels, black people have always been fighting a battle of, of recognition. And now when black people are coming through and they're doing well, all of a sudden they are found doping and white players are suddenly... Are suddenly Okay. Oh, no. Seems like we lost him there, Donald. But yeah, point heard there. And of course, I mean, the Smoo, that's the thing. It seems like there is this wide belief that, uh, that black players are specifically targeted there. Just, uh, just a quick one there, Smoo. You know, it seems like when it comes to South African rugby, 
all of these uh, positive doping tests, what do you think they actually are doing to the reputation of South African rugby in the eyes of, you know, international rugby as a fraternity? Yeah, no, I, I heard your caller. They are very emotional about mm. the subject. But like I said, I can't, I can't endorse the view. Um, but uh, in terms of, you know, the view of South African rugby, I mean, it's, it's definitely in, in 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 the pits, isn't it? Mm. Um, you know, two high-profile Springboks have been banned in the same year, uh, received very lengthy bans. Um, and, 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 you know, to some extent... There is truth to the notion that rugby is is infested with doping. Mm. You know, the schoolboys every single day uh, taking banned substances. Um, I, I I honestly don't know how South African rugby can keep a lid on it. It's 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 systematic. Like I said, it's sophisticated. It's it's prevalent, widely prevalent as well. So that that you can't run away from, and, and and I said that earlier that you can't run away from the fact that these things are happening. Let's not let emotion get in the way of of the fact. And and you know the being reports of schoolboy. I mean, I mean, you're mm. Just one thing that debunks the the whole black white myth. Um, uh, Johan Horsen, a Springbok player, was also found with methyl hexanamine as a schoolboy. Mm. Um, but the, the, each case is with its own merits. So he was found with a milder drug. It wasn't an anabolic steroid, but it was a drug, and he did re- receive uh, the ban. I think it was three to six months. Yeah. Um, at at the time, if not twelve, I, I just haven't had. The, it just came up on my mind now. So these things do happen at, at schoolboy level. So that you can't run away from that. It's put South Africa at this you know, reputation of, you know, being a country that that has, uh, it's almost like cycling, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you, you you can't run away from the, the, the stink that, that follows the sport. Mm. Well, Smoo, thank you so much for your time there. Uh, that is Smoo Gamchigeli, so the Sports 24 senior writer there. Thank you so much for the points as well. And we're going to be listening to your voice notes uh, after the news. But right now, it is just a shade after seven.